Have you ever collected a treasure, a really special treasure, a treasure that clearly did not belong to you and wished you'd just saved it in your, that was an amazing treasure memory bank. Rewind to 1950. My grandparents, Gordon and Shirley Willis, have just set off on the adventure of a lifetime. They are farmers in rural New South Wales and they have boarded a coach uh, to the centre of Australia, Uluru. So day one finds them climbing the rock Uluru um, in the 1950, Uluru was okay, um, and they watched the sunset. So they off to bed and early to rise. They rise at 4am, board the coach, and this next part of the story is very important. They um, hop off the coach and they arrive at the Olgas. Now, um, as they start to head towards the Olgas, my grandfather pulls out his trusty camera and takes two very important photographs. Uh, the first photograph is of the entrance, so the two enormous rock escarpments that you see as you enter, and he takes a second photograph to the right, which is a much smaller but still very significant uh, rock escarpment. Now, he goes to put his camera back in his pocket, and as he bends down, he looks to the ground and he sees this most amazing glowing white stone a stone that is so magnificent that he just has to pick it up. Um, now, my grandfather has an enormous interest in gemstones and is a keen sapphire and loves gold panning. So he peeks to each corner to make sure no one's looking. He bends down and he grabs that rock and puts it in his pocket. So they, have, they finish off their holiday, they have an amazing time and they head back to Crookwell in New South Wales to their farming community. On, upon arrival to the farm, my grandfather rushes to the gemstone cabinet and is so excited to place his newly found gem in the cabinet. But as he pulls this beautiful gem out of his pocket, he starts to feel this uneasy feeling. This, this, is, this gemstone does not belong to him. This, this, um, this rock has been removed from a very sacred place and he starts to feel a sense of unease. Um, he, he feels that it brings un ill health and he can, he can just, it just doesn't sit right in his hand. To make the best of a bad situation, he clears his gemstones and puts it centre of place in the smack bang in the middle of that cupboard. Um, and closes the door. Now, fast forward to 2015. I'm currently living in Darwin and it's that time of the year uh, where I pack up my bags and I head home to Crookwell, New South Wales for the Christmas holidays. Now, I love my grandparents. They are the most amazing, beautiful people that I actually could even explain to you that I know. They are the screensaver on my phone. I sleep with my grandfather's beanie on my heart every night. I just think these people are the most adorable people ever. So first stop for me whenever I go home is always straight to my grandparents' house. So um, I arrive, I walk inside and I sit down on the carpet in my usual position. My grandfather sits to the left of me and my grandmother is 
perched in her leather recliner on the right. Now, um, we start to have a conversation and um, as all of our conversations start to lead, we always end up talking about travel. Um, so this one particular trip finds me buying a car and making my way from Crookwell back up to Darwin. And um, so, so the, travel, the travel story this time is about Pa telling me the best dirt roads to take, the best tracks to go on, all of the places to go through on my journey back from Crookwell to Darwin. Um, inevitably, it, it reminds him of their journey that many, many moons ago to the Olgas. Now, um, I need to mention at this time, my grandfather has been diagnosed with severe aggressive prostate cancer and it's really starting to show. His hair's gotten turned stark white. His skin's gotten quite pale and he's generally quite a proudly dressed man. He's retired to, to mainly wearing tracksuit pants and slippers. So it surprises me when he just bounces out the chair and heads over to the gem cabinet. Um, he, he pops over to the gem cabinet and grabs out that, that precious gem that he collected back in 1950. He also goes and grabs those two very important photographs and brings them back to his chair. Um, he starts to explain to me that uh, he collected this, this gemstone back in 1950 and he never ever should have taken it from its place in country. He feels terrible and he feels that it brings really bad health. He um, explains to me that it would be such an honour and so he, it would mean so much to him if I could return this piece of stone back to its place of rest. Of course I have no hesitations in agreeing. I do live in Darwin and obviously the Olgas are not on my back doorstep but I 100% agree to this because he quite quite proudly tells me in front of all of my grandparents you are my favourite granddaughter. <laughs> so I feel like it's a duty that I must do and I'm completely honoured to do. Uh, he then goes on to tell me that he doesn't think that this is actually a stone. He believes that it is a piece of bone. So immediately my heart starts to race and I'm quite a clumsy, forgetful person. I don't want to have ownership over this like precious, beautiful thing. But, but of course I still accept. And um, so my mum arrives to pick me up and she is a gemologist and so we like quickly hand her the bone and say, it, can you just confirm, because I'm hoping it's a stone, I just want it to be a stone, can you confirm what this is? And my mum takes one look, she doesn't have to hesitate, and she says, this is definitely no gemstone, this is 100%. She thinks it's a skull, a piece of the skull. So fast forward a few months, I'm back in Darwin and... Um, you know, I've still got hold of this stone, bone, sorry. Um, and uh, I have had many, many phone calls to my grandparents. We usually, the usual hour-long conversations are now cut to mere but just minutes um, as my grandfather is starting to fade quite quickly. 
Um, he does always manage to end each phone conversation with, don't you ever change TM, which has stuck really strongly in my mind for my entire life as an adult. Um, so I feel this sense of urgency. I need to deliver this bone and I need to do it now as it brings bad health. Um, so without a second thought, and without asking any of my workplaces, I just jump on the internet, max out my credit card, and I book that next flight to Uluru. So I arrive, poor as anything, no money, just enough money for a tin of tuna, a glass of wine, and <laughs> that bloody expensive trip to the Olgas, because I have no car. So I board the coach, like they did, back in 1950, and I head to the Olgas. Um, stupidly on the coach, I announced to everybody that I'm making a documentary for my grandparents and I'm delivering a bone that my grandfather stole in 1950. <laughs> so like nobody thought that my documentary was that exciting because that's a really bad thing to do. So the journey was complete my, completely my own. There was no support and I just held it ever so tight. <laughs> so I, I, I hop off the, the bus dreary-eyed and I pull out my two photographs, the mud map of, um, that my grandfather had given me back those few months ago. I have a look directly in front of me and I can see there's the, the, the two enormous beautiful rock escarpments and I look to the right and I can see the, the the much smaller but still very clear second escarpment. Now my um he's told me that it's there's a path and some bushes and you can see these two landmarks and this is exactly where the bone is to be laid to rest. So I hold the bone to my heart and I say a little prayer. I apologise that it's been taken away from its country for so long and I, I pray that now the re return of this bone, that it can rest in peace and that um, no ill health has been caused. Um, so fast forward a few more months, I'm back in Darwin. I speedily make that documentary and post a USB home to my to my mum to try and show to my two 80-year-old grandparents. Now, my mum isn't completely tech-savvy and my grandparents aren't either and I just am screaming down the phone, you need to show them this, you need to plug it into the TV and they need to see it immediately five times. Because <laughs> at this stage, my grandfather is starting to be drifting in and out of his consciousness. So I need him to know that this bone has been returned. Um, so, fast, so a few weeks pass and um, I'm at work and my mum calls and she says, Possum, you need to come home immediately. Pa has just passed away. Returning the bone did not remove my grandfather's illness nor make him have any less pain, but at least I know that he has gone to his grave and being able to rest in peace, knowing that this beautiful treasure was returned to its place of home and also able to rest in peace.